And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Do you know a high schooler who is a natural leader and loves to give back to their community? The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Student Visionaries of the Year program might be the perfect opportunity. Forming strong teams to support them, Student Visionaries of the Year candidates fundraise for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This seven-week philanthropic leadership development program helps students gain valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. Not to mention, it looks great on college applications. But most importantly, it's a chance for students to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on the lives of blood cancer patients and their families. Learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Saturday, August 21st. Okay, I know we are not doing a guest this weekend. We are doing more questions from you. We want as many voices as possible on the air. Why? We want to inspire you you, the listener, to actually get off your tush, send an email or go to our website, jillonmoney.com, click the contact button and come on the air with us. Tell us what's going on. Let us help you figure out the next best step for you. Today, we're talking to Michael from New York and he's talking about early retirement. You know how I feel about that gang. All right, here goes. Hey, Michael, what can we do for you? Hi, Jill. It's great talking to you. Um, my wife and I are both 47 years old. Um, we're looking to retire within maybe the next four years. Mm, wait um, a second. Hold on. You're going to retire in four years? Uh, we're, we're trying, if not sooner. Oh, my gosh. Are you sitting on top of a pile of money, I hope? A little bit. How much? Um, we have about $3 million. Okay. And you have a couple of kids in the, in the, in the picture or not? Uh, no kids. No kids. It does make your retirement planning a bit easier. Let's be honest. H- how about um, do you own the place where you live or are you renting? Uh, no, we own no mortgage, no debt. No mortgage, no debt. Okay. And of the three million, tell me how much of that is in retirement accounts. In other words, what would be taxable if you pulled it out and how much in non-retirement accounts? So I have a Roth 401k with um, about 530 Mm -hmm. and a traditional IRA with about 550. Mm -hmm. 
Um, my wife has all traditional IRAs and 401ks, mm-hmm. and she's about 800. Mm-hmm. And then we have about 800 in taxable accounts. Okay, great. When you look at how you spend your money right now, would your retirement have to kind of keep up with that exact level of spending? Or are you planning to say, I'm willing to cut back on the money we're spending in retirement so we can get out earlier? Absolutely willing to cut back. You are. Okay, that's great. Are you going to stay in the New York area or are you planning to bolt once you're done with working? Nope, we're going to pull up and move to someplace much, much cheaper. Like Mexico? I'm just kidding. I don't I, I don't know where, but like literally anywhere? Uh, well, probably in the U.S., mm-hmm. um, but we're actually in the process of, of just traveling to find that place. Wow, and, that's so exciting. Be, yeah, it just might be a year here or a year there mm-hmm. until we find what we want to be home. Okay, so if you look at um, your real estate right now, if you were going to just blow it out, what would the, the value be? Don't do the top dollar. Give me a, a conservative estimate of your what you'd pull out of a sale. Probably 300. Okay, 300 grand. Let's just presume that, that you sell and you move someone somewhere else with a cheaper cost of living, but you spend that, the 300 you pull out, you actually say, okay, we're just going to spend that in the next place, okay? So that we then have the $3 million essentially to work with. I think that the the issue that is going to be challenging is that two things. One is, how are you going to manage health insurance? That is a good question. <laughs> that, that, and that, that's the wild card in, in the planning. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that our planners kind of discussing with us is possibly pulling some of the money and converting it into an immediate annuity mm. and to generate our cost of living money, mm. you know, our food, clothing, shelter, health care. Why do you need so to do an immediate annuity? Can't you just do that yourself? And so an immediate annuity, you'd pull, let's say, some of your non-qualified money out, right? Because you wouldn't want to turn on the spigot yet and start paying taxes. Why pay an insurance company to create that? I mean, you're working with a financial advisor. Um, why don't you just say, well, why do I need to do that with them? Why don't you do your job and make sure that I can live on, I'm going to make it up, uh, Five grand a month? How much do you think you can live on? Let me yeah, I think, I think that's about, about the number we targeted. Okay. Is that including or not including health insurance? That would include. Wow. All right. Because I think, I sort of feel like health insurance is going to be a thousand bucks a month easy for you guys. So you're going to live on 50 grand a year. And then in addition, you'll have to pay for health insurance. All right. I'm going to trust you. I am not going to doubt that that you can figure that out. So what I guess I'm saying is that let's say forget about four, four years, you get to be whatever you're 51, 52 years old, right? If you look at your projections, how much do you think you'll save in that non-qualified account over the next four years? Uh, we could probably do maybe another 400000 Really? That would be fantastic. That's great. I, I think mean, so, because our, our income currently, we both make 200000 All right. So you make four hundred a year. If, if in four years you've got $1.2 million, what we need to figure out is can you generate enough money at that time to cover your five grand a month, right? And, right. and you pretty much have to sort of count on the fact that you're going to spend that down. You kind of get uh, close. I'm still concerned about how long it takes you to get to claim Social Security. 
like you've got this 10 year time horizon and maybe 15 years where there there might be real needs to pull money and then you lose all of that compounding. Let me ask you this. Let's say you retire from working in a in a high pressure job. Would you guys consider working part time and to bridge the gap so we don't have to drain the whole non-qualified account? Absolutely. Okay. Then I think you might be able to make it work. I don't think you need an immediate annuity. Any advisor worth his or her salt would be able to create income for you from that $1.2 million account. And so let's say that from the $1.2 million, you pull thirty grand a year, okay? And then from your ability to work part-time or do some project work or whatever it is you do, you guys generate another thirty grand a year, okay? Then I think we're pretty close, or thirty or forty grand, just between the two of you. Then I think this works pretty well because what in my strategy here, what I would be thinking about is can I live on the non-qualified account until I claim Social Security? And can I then leave the Roth 401k, the traditional 401k, the traditional IRA? Can I leave those assets alone so that they can grow? And then in my 60s, I can use those to create the income to supplement whatever the Social Security is. I think that, to me, is the game plan. Now, you know how this works better? Tell me. You work longer. (laughs) It will work. I know. You hate what you do. Tell me the truth. It's okay. No, no, no. I I love what I do, sometimes not necessarily where I'm doing it, but that can be fixed. Okay. Because I think that incrementally, if you work, every year you work, what you're doing is you're, A, saving more money in that non-qualified account, creating a bigger cushion, and B, you are preventing yourself from invading that principle. So what I would say is this. I, I would keep running these numbers. I might, you, you work with an advisor, you mentioned. Is that an advisor, someone who's running financial planning scenarios for you? Uh, yes. Okay. So what I would do is I would continue to, to run these numbers. And what I might look at is what would happen if instead of retirement at 51, 52, what does it look like at 55? Just look at it. You might find that there is greater comfort in working an extra few years. Or even if you said, I'm not going to work at the same company, that instead of you making 200 grand a year, you say, what would happen if I made $120,000 a year and worked in a place where I was happier? Could you work longer? I think those are the kinds of questions you should ask yourself. It's pretty risky to call it quits at age 52 on $3 million. It just is. Okay. You know, it's not a, a horrible thing. The health insurance is an issue. If you told me, hey, you know what, uh, my, uh, I'm a teacher and I get health insurance coverage for life. Yeah, I'm a little bit less worried. But I feel like you're one, you could be one illness away from blowing through that non-qualified nest egg. And that would be very scary to me. Right, I agree. So have the advisor run the numbers. I think you're kind of close. I just think that if you if you set your sights close, if you say 55 versus 50 or 52, you're going to be more comfortable. Unless you say, hey, you know what happened is I found a place to live and I'm going to, instead of spending 300, I can buy, you know, I can live somewhere um, 
in Washington state with no state income tax and or I'm going to move to Texas and I'm going to find not just a really cheaper standard of living than living in New York, but I could also find a job and the one that I love. Like, I think there's I think you're close enough that you could probably do some research and make it work. I would feel more comfortable if you were my client. I would feel more comfortable if you were willing to to at least look at different scenarios rather than calling it quits at 52. How's that sound? That sounds great. I really appreciate the advice. Okay, do you want to retire early? I don't. I want to keep working for as long as possible. I really do. But if you want to retire early, let's run the numbers. Let's find out. All you need to do is send us your questions. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. And if you're on the website, hit the contact button. Very easy to do. Lift someone up today. Grit, growth, grace. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow. 